Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who changed their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. So today I have the honor to speaking to Marla, the owner of Educatrix Advanced Practices. And she was a nurse practitioner before she became disabled due to a car accident. Today, Marla enjoys sharing her experiences and expertise to uplift others. And today she will tell us how she turned her personal tragedy into hope. Hello, Marla. Thank you for being here with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, as you said, you know, I'm I'm Marla, and um, you know, I was one of the lucky ones. I always knew that I wanted to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so my whole life, um you know, my whole, yeah, really my whole life prepared me for that, you know, going through elementary school, high school, um, you know, my jobs in high school, I worked in a nursing home as a candy Mm -hmm. striper. I don't think you're old enough to know what a candy striper is. I don't know, Um, but you can tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A candy striper is somebody who like refreshes water um and like it just kind of helps people you know like if they need a magazine or um you know if they need something that like the nurses can't do that was kind of before um nursing nursing aids was popular and um yeah it it was kind of like between Mm -hmm. nurses and yeah to just help the patients answer call bells things like that so then when I was going through college, um, you know, I didn't go right into the nursing program. I was a nursing assistant. I worked front desk, you know, all that thing. So I've been in the nursing, the medical field for a long time. And um, when I had, when I got to being a nurse practitioner, I felt like I was there, right? I had arrived. Mm-hmm. You know, I put myself through my master's program and, you know, that was it, right? I was supposed to be there. And then one day I was driving down 75. I'd been a nurse practitioner for about four years Mm -hmm. and we were moving into a new house. And so I I live in Atlanta. And so the traffic can be, you know, kind of, it's different. So sometimes during the day it can be busy Sometimes it's not. It just kind of depends on Atlanta. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that day, you know, that day it was busy at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And so I was just coming back from getting my hair done. You know, I was really excited because we were moving, you know, into a new house. And I had just stopped by Taco Bell to, you know, get my favorite drink, which is Baja Blast. It's just, you know, this soda by, by Mountain Dew. I just 
am in love with it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was in stopping good traffic in the right lane and the 18 wheelers behind me. And I was aware that it was behind me, but we had stopped and the left lane next to us was still going. And so he had sped up to go into the left lane and he didn't realize that we had stopped. So that's why he ran into me and it was a four car accident. Mm, oh my goodness. So, you know, um, he hit me, he bit the frame of my car and the guy in front of me actually had medical injuries, but um, the guy in front of him, you know, ended up being fine. Mm-hmm. But from that, the reason why I brought up the fact that, you know, I had, you know, I was so everything that I had done, you know, up to that point was to bring me to be, you know, have a master's in nursing and, you know, I had arrived was because once I had my accident and they decided that I couldn't go back to work and I was disabled, you know, I didn't know who I was, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know what to do. I mean, it was, it was really devastating. Yeah. Yeah. I would usually say that I can relate, but I cannot, Marla. I think it's very tragic to be, especially when you just spoke about this day you had, you were moving and you were on the road with your favorite drink, had a Taco Bell with your hair done. And then it happened. Like I got goosebumps, right? This is heavy. And I think then waking up in the hospital and receiving this message that, Everything you have done, you have worked for in your life is over now, is not easy to take in, I can imagine. Um, But what we usually know, I know it throws everybody off the path, but so little people come back and you are one of them. And usually when we speak about those stories, if we take um, known people, celebrities who have shared their stories who have been through a tragedy and I hear it a lot because I like to give these examples right I say this person had an accident and he made it and he's now uh, he's making uh, a lot of money and has written his book and he's inspiring people and and then people come to tell me like yeah but that's like you know one in a million and they might have been famous before and so I yeah, I'm very thankful that you are here today and sharing this from a point of view of not being a celebrity, but just being one of us, like everybody else walking on the street. And we never know what's going to happen to us tomorrow. And I think this is just so inspiring. And I'm so thankful you are here telling us this today that you actually made it. You made it back on track. And my next question, Marla, is that like, how long did it take after your accident to go back to work you said you didn't you couldn't go back anymore to nursing what was the next step you took I tried a lot of different things because once you know I found out that I wasn't going to be able to work a a regular job anymore Mm -hmm. um you know I'm actually on disability you know with the government um but I was trying to do different businesses because you know I wasn't raised to um, rely on the state or the government or really anybody for that matter because I've always been very independent my whole life mm-hmm. um and so I, I just I tried different kinds of businesses mm-hmm. what was so that? the first yeah the first kind of business that I tried was selling clothes because mm-hmm. I was like well that's still helping people um and 
at the core, that's what I want to do is help people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem with selling clothes is that you have to sell them. You know, you can just give people choices, which is what I'm used to doing, right? You can't mm-hmm. just feel like, you know, here, either you can take my advice or you cannot. So that didn't work. Um, and then the next thing I tried to do was sell books because I'm very passionate about literacy. I have a 10 year old that reads, he's in the fourth grade and reads at an eighth grade level. But again, sell. I didn't get the message that I couldn't sell things. Mm -hmm. So again, that didn't work out very well, but I have a great library of books though. I mean, it's like amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a book lover too. So I get your enthusiasm. Yeah. Love it. But then the next thing that I did was health coaching and I got more from health coaching than I feel that I ever gave anybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. As when I was introduced to health coaching, it was because I was looking for a job, right? Um, and I was desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I went from a six-figure salary, you know, I was a nurse practitioner to a fraction of that. Um, let's see, at the time when I'm on long-term disability, I believe that it's 60% of, you mm-hmm. know, what I was actually making. Yeah. You know, I mean, that other 40%, I mean, it's hard. And, you know, I'm a single mom and, you know, I have, you know, this at the time, you know, my son was three or four. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I needed to figure out what I was going to do to, you know, I was still wanted to give him the lifestyle that we would have had. I understand that. Yeah. So I was looking for a job and I found the, the health coaching job. And so when I called to find out about it, um, after having conversations, you know, with this, with this person, I realized that health coaching was so much more than the food I thought that it was. <laughs> Cause I was like, oh yeah, this is about food and I can, you know, tell people about diet and, you know, I'm a nurse, I can do nutrition, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that it was about personal development and, nutrition and, you know, not just getting your body healthy, but getting your mind healthy. Yeah. Um, that was a new concept to me mm-hmm. because when I was growing up, um, and I know that I'm quite a bit older than you, um, personal development was not as popular as it is now or accepted. Mm-hmm. I think that's a better word. It was not as, as accepted as it is now. Yeah. Personal development was very new age. It was crystals. It was you know, be careful because, you know, somebody's entering your mind. It was um, very Hollywood, California, Tom Cruise, you know. Yeah. So you had to be careful. But being reintroduced to it, you know, three years ago and the way that it was framed, you know, I was like, okay, I can see the value in it. And, and again, you know, that it was framed differently. And so when I started going through personal development, you know, I realized that I needed a mind shift. Mm -hmm. So either it was, I can continue doing what I'm doing and feel like I'm a victim and live with the pain and let the pain control me. Mm -hmm. Or I can get up and continue to live life 
and control the pain. Mm-hmm. You know, those were my two choices. And so I decided that I was going to get up and find a way to control this pain. Wow. And that's really when I was like, okay, this health coaching thing, I like it. But again, it's selling, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, or, you know, people have to be invested in their own health, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm all about choices. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as a source of income, not, you know, <laughs> not the way I needed it to. <laughs> yeah, but not to to get up every morning and feel fulfilled with the job you do, right? And exactly. it seemed like you had a choice because you also have, you were giving yourself choices, right? Right, right. And and I mean, you know, I I have real needs, you know, not saying that people who do health coaching don't have real needs. I'm just saying that, you know, my, my needs didn't fit health coaching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just had to find something else to do. And then so when I had the opportunity to do continuing education, I felt like that was where I was supposed to be because that put me back in the room with my peers. It helped me because my experience with the medical community as a patient was not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, going from provider to patient was shocking. It was... Being a patient was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I didn't like it. I just, I realized quickly how much patients don't know and how much providers, I, I hate to say get away with, because that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I mean. I don't think that providers are doing things on purpose to like get away with it, mm-hmm. but it's, that because patients don't know like what to ask or what to say or you know whatever yeah then providers you know Mm -hmm. and and so it's it's just a different dynamic that I wasn't used to Mm -hmm. you know I was no longer being treated as a colleague you know I was as a patient Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to teach providers how it feels to be a patient like sometimes step back and realize how vulnerable it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, I can understand that, Marva, because I have the privilege to. Uh, uh, I am a, a former sports and fitness coach, so I'm from the health and sports industry, right? So if I go to a doctor and people speak to me about things, most of the things I am aware of, and I know what they speak about, right? And I think myself I can say I can ask the right questions because usually I have diagnosed myself already I'm not always right I'm not saying that but you know I'm just having a lot of interest in this field myself right and doctors don't appreciate it if you already come with your own diagnosis either right so I'm trying not to but I have the ability to ask but I cannot imagine to be on the other side to not even know where to start and I think that especially when you are sick when we are in pain, there are not just questions about why does it hurt? Because um, that's one side. The other side is as well, like, what is actually happening to me? And how I'm going to get out of this, right? And these are all questions that are not uh, binded to medical knowledge itself, right? It's not a diagnosis, yes. but it goes so deep into the 
yeah, into like it's whole world, right? And I think not getting these questions because I don't think that many people can do that, right? That many, many people, like many nurses can. And I think in our health system, and I'm speaking about the European system, I don't know how it is in the US, mm-hmm. that they are time binded. You know, if, if you want to give everybody that the love, the care, even if you would be able to with your own boundaries, I think it's a very challenging thing to do. And I think what you found out there that this is missing on the market, it's it's magical. It's so valuable. Yes, exactly. Exactly like you said. You know, in, in the American system, there are time boundaries. And right, I mean, it's hard for providers, A, to have the time, you know, to connect with you, to tell you, to figure out, you know, that you need that, you know, mm-hmm. like what is mm-hmm. really, when you're feeling like what is really going on with me, yeah, you know, you, you need to know that when they're really focused on, you know, diagnosis, right? Diagnosis mm-hmm. and treat, because that's how, you know, we're trained. Um, yes, exactly. You really hit the nail on the head. Exactly. Um, but unfortunately, you know, the way that the patients perceive that, is my doctor doesn't have time for me. My doctor doesn't care about me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all they want to do is come in and, you know, get their money and go out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just, there's this gap and, you know, there's got to be a way to to fill that gap. But I haven't figured out what this yet. <laughs> but um, I, I think one of the ways that we can do that is by continuing education yeah. and by helping providers know how it feels on the other side mm-hmm. um, of, of the table. And so that's why continuing education really resonated with me. The other thing that I'm working on is advocacy, because, you know, I still feel like, you know, patients don't know what they don't know. And I feel like by empowering them and educating them, you know, helping the average patient, because most of them aren't educated like you and I are, mm-hmm. right? Or have access to people who are educated, um, except for Dr. Google, which isn't always right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like honestly, whenever I asked Dr. Google, I ended up having cancer, right? In terms of health advices, right? It's very, um, it's to be like, there is knowledge out there, but it has to be uh, treated with care, I would say, yeah. It does. It does. So um, the other thing that I'm working on is um, an advocacy business because I just, I really, I really want to help people again. See that desire to help people um, Mm -hmm. that want people to experience some of the things that I have. Mm -hmm. That's that's inspiring. And how did it? How I mean, you explained your journey from trying different things, and but what was the last thing that sparked this idea that the thing to be like, ah, this is it? And how did you know that this is it? I one of. I went to a continuing education um, conference and Mm -hmm. one of, or the owners of that continuing education conference decided to sell their business Mm -hmm. um, because one of the owners was having health problems and they just decided to sell. And so um, I was said, well, I was interested in buying. And um, so, you know, we kind of went through the process and then at the end they decided not to sell, which, you know, was fine. So I, I still, I, that's when I realized that, you know, how much I loved it, what the opportunity was as far as, you know, educating providers. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, okay, well, this is great. <laughs> so I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you see, you saw the chance and you said like, oh my God, like this is, this is it, right? This is where I need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just came across a thought very spontaneously because I am working with people who are establishing businesses and I know the common struggle that entrepreneurs are going through, right? There is, there is this big vision on one hand. On the other hand, we're all dealing with our limiting beliefs, with our fears, with the discomfort. And I would say now looking at it, it's a very easy part to work through, to create awareness, to adjust it to your personal needs. Although I would say it's hard work, right? And the work needs to be done one way or the other. No one's going to do it for you. And you've been through that as well, or you are going through it as well, because it's also like, it would never really stop. It's just a perception, right? And how we deal with that. But next to that, you've been dealing with other things too, as you mentioned with, or you're still dealing with pain and going through processes. Would you tell that this is limiting or would you say that this is, yeah, somewhat like also pushing you forward to not to give in? For me, I can't give in mm -hmm. uh, no matter what, because I have a 10-year-old that reminds me every day mm -hmm. that or of why I'm doing this. You know, I'm doing this for him mm -hmm. to give him the same quality of life that we would have had if I would still be in my six-figure job. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, every time I think that I want to give up, that I'm like, this is not worth it. I can't do it anymore. Um, you know, I look at him and I realize that I have to keep pushing. It doesn't matter how much I hurt that day or mm -hmm. how much I don't want to do it, how much, how uninspired I am. Um, I just, I need to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, I think that really is the key because even in health coaching, being in that community, um, when they were teaching us how to, you know, be somebody else's coach, the thing that they really drove home is that you have to have a why. Mm -hmm. Without a why, you know, you're not, this is not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. And they're absolutely right. I mean, even though I have the same why that I have now, for some reason, it just resonates differently with me. Mm -hmm. And it could be because my son is in a different place now than he was then, because at that time he wasn't having the problems that he is now. Like at that time I was homeschooling him. I was thinking about putting him back in public school because it was during the pandemic at that mm -hmm. time. But now um, he's having some medical problems and some mental health things that, you know, I know that I need to do better not only to continue to be present, mm -hmm. but also to provide for him financially to, pr to provide better health care. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you're on a mission. It's more than just a why. Right. I'm on a mission. Yeah. And, you know, this, this has to work. It's not an option. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny that you asked me that because currently I'm in a conference. Um, it's a three-day conference. And something that he said was that scarcity makes us narrow our focus. Mm -hmm. 
And it's so true, you know. I mean, it can it can cut both ways. It don't don't get me wrong, okay. But for me, it has motivated me to you know be like I've got I can't fail, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't fail. I'm tired of being in this scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, I I want to go back to where I was <laughs> before that truck hit me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, I'm like tunnel vision, like laser focused. And I mean, that's just where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can tell that this book is paying off for you already and it will pay off even more because like, there is no way if we put in the work that there is no outcome for us. And I think that from what I hear from you, this is so extremely inspiring and such a strong message that this is it, Marla. And I think you're on the right path. Like if people could see me right now, I'm just holding my hand onto my chest. Thank you for this. Thank you for sharing this. And may I ask you, like, if you say you, you're going through these hard times and there is no a reason of giving up. How do you recharge? How do you recharge, Marla? <laughs> like tomorrow, I'm not going to do anything. Uh, this is a really busy week. Um, I briefly mentioned that my son's having a medical um, issue. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's having pain in his legs and weakness. And so because we don't have a diagnosis yet mm-hmm. and it's been this way for about six weeks. So he hasn't been going to school. You know, I've been teacher caregiver to him, um, you know, because he's having problems like walking across the the room. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just been a lot. So between being his caregiver, being his teacher, um, then being an entrepreneur, I'm just like, I was just like tomorrow, I'm not doing anything. I I just, I can't, (laughs) that's going to be how I recharge. I don't know if I'm just going to, you know, Netflix and chill. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's not going to be anything related to any kind of work. No emails, just no nothing. I'm just going to fall off. This is the key. I think to be able to, to let go on times is valuable. It can do so much to you. I'm going to yes. cheer for you tomorrow, Marla. <laughs> Definitely. Because I'm going to do the same. <laughs> you be- know, I mean, you have to be able to let it go. And it's, I mean, it's taken a while for me to be able to do that. Because I'm like, no, what if somebody emails me and they need an answer today? That's how I was with health coach- coaching. I was like, I have to be by my phone all the time because somebody might need an answer mm-hmm. like right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I was like, you know, health coaching is not a live or die situation. There are no emergencies in health coaching. So I'm like, there are no emergencies in continuing education. Yeah. 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 I mean, we learn as we go. And I think also learning to put yourself first, also in business, even if there is, uh, it's connected to money, it's connected to the responsibility we take, right? If we work with human beings, it's still a thing that everybody needs to learn to say like, okay, this is the boundary. And Many people will be surprised with putting these boundaries that it's actually okay to have them, that nobody cares that you're having a day off tomorrow or I have a day off. No, and my my parents especially don't like it. Um, You know, my my mom lives in the house with me, and but my dad and my stepmom, they can't stand it when I just turn off my phone and Mm -hmm. 
drives them crazy. Yeah, I'll be like, Marla is resting now. But you're right. As I said, I'm cheering for you, Marla. So well, um, <laughs> what um what advice can you give to someone who is in a similar situation or who got recently in a similar situation as you did? I would say find your tribe. Hmm. Because that is something that I really struggled with after my accident. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we kind of talked about in the beginning that the people that you hear that have gone through something tragic are usually celebrities. You know, nobody really talks about their own journey um, unless it is something like super tragic. Like, I don't know, they fell off a mountain and, you know, they were in the hospital hundred days in a coma mm-hmm. and then they, you know, came back in, you know. Um, but I mean, you know, it was really hard for me because I, I just, I felt like nobody could relate to me. And I know that part of that was the depression talking because, you know, that, that's something else I really want to drive home. I don't want anybody to hear on this podcast that I, you know, just went through this process and it was just like, I was happy every day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was depressed. I felt worthless. I felt helpless. Mm -hmm. I had anxiety. You know, I went through all of that and some days I still have depression. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you know, I just have to remember, you know, why I'm doing this mm-hmm. and remember, you know, that I'm focused on the outcome. But that's why I said, find your tribe, because you have to find at least one person who is on your side, who is going to motivate you and be your cheerleader mm-hmm. and, you know, remind you, you know, why you're doing this and say, hey, you can do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that and, when you find your why, um, do what whatever you need to to remind you of that. If you're somebody who is visual, write it somewhere where you can see it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that that didn't work for me, but if that works for you, then do that. Um, if you're somebody who needs to hear it often, then say it to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, repeatedly, or visualize it. Whatever you need to do, vision board, whatever. And eventually, you know, maybe it'll happen immediately. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll take a little while, but I mean, eventually that will be motivation enough. Mm-hmm. So it don't give up. Don't, don't give up. You're not alone. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thank you. If, if people are interested in your work or to, to dig a little bit deeper, what you exactly are doing, where can people find you? Yes, they can check out my website. Um, it is educatrixseminars.com and educatrix is E-D-U-C as in cat, A-T-R-I-X as in x-ray, and then seminars with an S on the end.com. Um, and then we're on all platforms at educatrix, A as in Apple, P as in Paul, S as in Sam. So come check me out. Yeah, yeah. Connect with Marla. I think the best is just to nowadays we all just write a short message somewhere on a platform, right? Yes. <laughs> you are available <laughs> online too. <laughs> this is great. This is actually how we are recording this podcast. Like, guys, I'm sitting in Thailand. Marla is in Atlanta, right? Yes. So <laughs> thankful for these opportunities nowadays as well. Otherwise, I think we would never we would have never met in our lives, right? Because this distance is so huge. Um, yeah. I am thankful for this opportunity. I am thankful for you, Marla. It has been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. 
Thank you for sharing your story and thank you for being vulnerable with us. Thank you so much, Havana. I really appreciate you having me on. Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript, editing and recording program automatically detects errors, arms and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky parts of reel and video editing and adds value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edit.